Support for today's episode comes from Hexclad. I hosted the Jane's Beard Awards um, twice, actually. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling the truth. And Hexclad is the official cookware of the James Beard Foundation. So I was so happy to hear there are Dinners on Me sponsors. Hexclad has revolutionized the cookware industry with an all-in-one hybrid pan that gives you the convenience and cleanup of nonstick, the versatility of your grandma's cast iron, and the durability to last a lifetime. Whether you want to make that perfect steak dinner on date night or ditch that greasy pan from your college apartment, Hexclad has you covered. James Beard celebrates incredible chefs annually with their prestigious awards that I have had the privilege of handing out. Again, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. And it's no surprise that Hexclad is their official cookware. They are a chef's dream and I, I just, I love cooking with them. I feel so professional when I do. Hexclad also has a lifetime warranty. These are literally the last set of pots and pans you will ever have to buy. Trust me when I say your partner, your family, and all your dinner guests will thank you. So, Chef, now is the time to upgrade that kitchen. For a limited time only, our listeners get 10% off their order with an exclusive link. Just head to hexclad.com slash JTF. Support our show and check them out at hexclad.com forward slash JTF. Bon appetit. Let's eat with Hexclad's revolutionary cookware. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, it's Jessie. Today on the show, you know her from Orange is the New Black and The Color Purple. It's Grammy Award winning and Tony and Oscar nominated actor Danielle Brooks. You know who I'm struggling to say? Martin Scorsese. I just finally got that. That said it right, right? Yeah, that is right. I was trying to explain to my mom. I was like, and we were sitting right behind Martin Scorsese. (laughs) This is Dinners on Me, and I'm your host, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Orange is the New Black started its run shortly after Modern Family began, and I had a few very close friends in that cast, so Danielle Brooks and I became friendly just through seeing each other a few times every year. I also knew Danielle was a serious Juilliard-trained actor who had a passion for theater, so I immediately felt a connection to her and was always so glad to see her when I did. We recorded this episode one week before the Oscar nominations were announced. Danielle's a pretty humble and down-to-earth person, so when talk of nominations came up, she blushed and quickly brushed it off. I was so sure that Danielle would be included on that list, though, and it took everything in my power not to just tell her that. Listen, I didn't want to jinx it. Hi! Oh my god, it's so good to see you. I brought Danielle to Superba in Hollywood, in an old Spanish colonial-style building off of Sunset Boulevard. It used to house the British pub, The Cat and the Fiddle, which was a hotspot for rockers like Keith Moon and Rod Stewart. 
Walking in, you pass the patio with its yellow striped umbrellas and lush vegetation, where it's rumored Casablanca allegedly filmed scenes. It's got that old Hollywood glamour, so it felt like the perfect spot for someone with Danielle's star power. I mean, she's 34 and she's been nominated for a Tony and now an Oscar. Okay, let's get to the conversation. Um, but I'm looking at you on your Instagram and all these like different events you, you were going to. First of all, just having to do that red carpet and do the the Hollywood thing night after night out. Are you like are you like me where you're just constantly in a state of anxiety, or do you <laughs> relax into this stuff? This time I'm relaxed. I think I'm really just kind of going in with ten toes on the ground, just to enjoy it. You, that's all I can do. I've really been trying to take in everybody's eyes and what they're wearing and how they smell and just like all the things because it happens so fast. It happens so fast. And but also like you're meeting all these people who, you know, are your icons mm -hmm. and like you're you're like, how is it possible that I'm in the same room with these people? And just the pressure of that moment of like I remember meeting Oprah at the night before party and I was like I it did not go well for me. Oh my <laughs> because God, I was what so happened? nervous. Tell me. I was just so nervous. I get that way around Viola Davis. I've yeah. met this woman a hundred times. Okay. But every time I'm like, Hi, I'm from South Carolina and I heard you're from South Carolina and I was like, this whole time I'm always get super shy around her. And I got to get over it because I play her daughter in Peacemaker. And like, yeah. We're actually probably going to have more scenes, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, you'll get over it. So for sure. For sure. Like, I remember going up to Emma Stone because we had just seen her in Cabaret. Yeah. And I don't remember which movie she was in at the time. Maybe it was La La Land. Uh -huh. But we talked about Cabaret. And she was like, I could see that she lit up because I was like, oh, someone's talking about something that's not just, yeah. you know, this thing that we're in right now. And it was a really lovely conversation. But then in my head, I'm like, you're taking up Emma Stone's time. Uh, you need to like let her be with with her friends. And so I like exited the conversation prematurely. And Justin, my husband, was like, "Why did you like?" It? She was like disappointed that she like that you left. Like that you left. I was like, "Was she?" And I was just, like, "I she think she was. was." And that's the thing, though, when you talk about being in a room with these people, I'm actually getting to the point. They're in all, they're also in the room with us. Yeah, that's, that's right. Like, when Danielle. I think about you, I'm like, you are. Just like, do you hear? Like you, like you, like the crazy career that you've been able to have, and the dumb, stupid talent that is like all in this body. Like, is it's crazy? It's crazy. Oh. And so now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna just sit and let them come to me. Yeah. And if they come to me and they're cool, great. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Aquafina came up to me the other day. She's and so I'm, cool, oh, right? She's I love her. She's so cool. Wait, who was I just... Oh, it was Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge was talking about being at a table where, like, all these people were, and she can't remember anyone's name. And, like, she was naming the people that she was at this table with, and they're actually, like, the people that have really difficult names to pronounce. Uh -huh. And she was just badgering all of it. It's in, her, in one of her speeches you that You know she who I'm struggling to say? Who? Martin Scorsese. I just oh. finally got that. That's it right, right? Yeah, that is right. I was trying to explain it to my mom. I was like, and we were sitting right behind Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I was, like, totally messing up. I know it, but, like, it's still a hard last name to say. Um, so so obviously, uh, I, the last message I sent you was the day I saw your movie. No. 
color purple on Christmas. Um, wait, do you want to order? Should we yes, order first? Yes, I love food. Do you know what you want? Good, um, good. How are you? How are you? Nice to meet you, Katie. Um, what are you known for here? So we're known for our breads. Um, okay. We make them fresh daily in our Venice location. Um, it's This one has a three different varieties of uh -huh. sourdough bread. So it's a poppy seed sourdough baguette, a traditional sourdough Laban that we char in our heart. Wait, no, I heard that your sourdough is turning 10 this year. Is what? It's turning 10 this year. Did you know this? I did. Do know I know this. something you don't know? Yeah. Yeah, your sourdough is turning 10 this it's year. Turning 10 this yeah. Year. I did not it know started that. 10 years ago. Thank you for educating you were, me. You were barely out of high school then. <laughs> Actually, my 10 year reunion is this year. So. Oh, oh, see, there you are. Okay. So the okay. polenta is really good. It has a seeded flaxseed crust with okay. pumpkin seed. Uh, the artichoke conserva is artichoke is diced super finely, mm. and then we smoke it in our heart. Ooh. And it has like peppers, lemons. So Come on, somebody! Yummy. I'm going for the artichoke conserva, yeah. honey. Yes, I'm gonna do the fresh cheese, uh -huh. oh. and I'm gonna do the Thai steak salad. Awesome. And then, are we thinking about like a ginger thyme lemonade or anything? We are thinking things? about that for me. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to okay, get. Cool. All right. And Danielle, then, do you want to? Yes, honey. I'm about to eat. It is time. Um, can I please get the tuna melt yes. sandwich? And I'm going to indulge in a white wine. Yes, honey. Our sincere is really nice. It's like a nice dry finish to it. Yes, whatever you say. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, so yes, I, I sent you a message. Yeah. So Justin and I bought 20 tickets to the Come opening. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let's talk about support. <laughs> yeah, Christmas Day. Love it. Because we get a lot of family in town. Danielle, it's such a special movie. Thank you. And it's, I know you have your own trajectory with Color Purple. Yeah. Um, I have I have my own. I feel like a lot I of people have I want to know yours. Pair. Yeah, so for me, Color Purple was required reading when I was in school. Mm. Um, and I, But I remember seeing the book, because mm -hmm. I remember very vividly the art of the book. Uh -huh. It was purple, and it, some, it was uh, Celie in the, the rocking chair. Yeah. And, Which um, now, it's us. It's me, Taraji, and Fantasia's face on yes, it. Yes, I know. Which blows it's my crazy. mind when I went to Walmart, and I yeah. was like, what? That's insane. Yeah, amazing. We'll talk about that, because okay, okay. you have many full circle moments in your career that I'm like blown away by. But I just... You know, I've, I've seen every iteration of this film, yeah. of, of the, the film, then the musical, now this new film. And it's, I just feel like every time I come at this story, and obviously I'm a white dude from Albuquerque, but for me, every time I see it, I just, I love discovering something new about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every person who's been in charge of this story mm -hmm. has brought something so beautiful and new to it. I and agree. you kind of just like I kind of can't believe that it can keep being reinvented in all these different mediums. Yeah, thanks for sharing that because I'm always so interested in other people's connection to yeah. it. You know, I have my own connection to it, and for me, it started. And a lot of people might know this already, but then I realized a lot of people don't know this. Um, was I saw it on Broadway when I was 15. I had won this internship. My dad came with me, and then he took me to see The Color Purple because at the time, the only two black shows was The Lion King, which technically, it's a black show because there's black actors, but it's about animals. So yeah, that's by like, Elton John. Okay. Like, <laughs> and then Color Purple. Yeah. So he chose The Color Purple, and thank God he did it because it changed my life. And that's when I picked up the book and was hooked because the connection that Celie has with God, you know, the first lines, dear God, 
and feeling like her, feeling ugly, feeling less than and just not seen at the time when I was 15. Um, you know, being dark-skinned was not cool. Having curly hair was not cool. Being a bigger girl was not cool. Um, that I was, I felt like Seely. And the connection with God, being that I grew up in the church and everything, the only thing that I felt like I had when I was a teenager was journaling, like Seely did, and talking to God. So I was truly hooked, but did not realize when I was you know, playing Sophia on Broadway 10 years after seeing it in 2015, 2016, that I was going to be taught how to become a Sophia. And so it wasn't until, um, you know, getting to play her eight shows a week and singing things like Hell No, where I truly was able to, like, cancel the noise and say hell no to my fears and doubts and all of those things. But it wasn't until the movie and all of the... Life lessons I had to come through that I was able to own my power. Mm. And I felt that through Sophia. Mm. Like, she taught me how to own that. I didn't grow up in the industry. Right. You know, I don't. So I'm really learning how to navigate. There's nobody to teach me how to walk through Hollywood and this industry or even Broadway scene. Like, nobody was teaching me that. Because you came to love acting through the church, right? That's right. Through, like, doing the nativity yeah, scenes. Plays, and the, yeah, plays, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Which yeah. I also did. Yeah. <laughs> Albuquerque. I um, But I also, I, I I know that, like, for you, Juilliard was just, like, this pie-in-the-sky thing. Like, you didn't yes. think that was for you until you met someone that went there mm-hmm. that you even realized that that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. So truly, like, kind of you know, walking through these doors, not even realizing their doors, then in the moment that you're walking through them, it's kind of scary, first of all. But then also when you're in that next room, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa where am I right now? Where like, am what I? What is it? I don't know what this world is. Right. I don't know how to navigate it. Yeah. So I really had to get comfortable with feeling like I didn't have the answers and being okay with things, feeling like, this might be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask right. it anyway. You know, navigating that. Um, so I finally have come to a place in my career, in my life, where I know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my purpose, what I'm here to do, and I'm very proud of what I've been able to accomplish and who i become, regardless of if someone who is making way more money than me <laughs> or has way many, you know, all the opportunities in the world. Like, I'm cool. I'm good. Like, I know who I, I am. I love that. I love it. It's a really hard place to get to. Oh, my God. These are massive. Ooh, let's this bread go. is gorgeous. I love food. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game. <laughs> Take a picture of this bread. What I'm truly holding on to is you never know what's on the other side. Yeah. So keep the faith. And I've been saying this, and you I don't care who's listening. I do care. But, <laughs> like, if you've heard me say this or will hear me say this a hundred times because I'm really trying to, like, put it in my bones. Like, yeah. if God has given you something and said, like, this is what I'm, I, I'm, I, it's on the other side. Like, there's this thing that you have or this, I don't know, like, this the purpose for your life. 
I'm, and God is whispering that purpose in your ear um, to not rush the um, fulfillment right. of that promise because it always is sweeter than you could have ever right. imagined. Like I'm trying to like continue to remind myself of that. I feel like you're the walking embodiment of that though because I think back to like Color Purple being your first Broadway show, then you getting to do that 10 years later uh, and, and getting a Tony nomination for it. And then, you know, later like, reimagining it in a film version for your first studio film. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I feel like if that's not the universe saying, we got you, know, what is? I know. And then also, I mean, you did you do that, the yeah. piano lesson as your audition for Juilliard? I did. Okay. I did. Another big moment I there, you know? know? And it's like, be able to do that on stage. Oh my God. You, I was a wreck. When I got that call, I was like eight months pregnant. I about almost had the baby right there. <laughs> I almost went into labor, Jesse. Because I was like, what? What? What is life? And they didn't even know that I had used this monologue to get into Juilliard. You know, but I'm going to be real with this audience. It, I'm not going to say it didn't hurt a little bit to not get nominated. Oh, you know what I, I mean? I know, Danielle. But I, I was like, okay, I'm going to trust the process here. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, I talk to Danielle more about trusting the process, specifically around auditioning for the Color Purple film over six months after her Tony-nominated performance on stage and what she learned through that process. Oh, and also how Oprah helped. <laughs> okay, be right back. Don't you just love it when someone looks at you and says, hmm, something's different about you. What were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake than ever. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and wider for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes, and you know you can trust them because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lohm, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying, something's different about you, but in the best possible way. So check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. Well, I want to hear more about that because I know that that had to have been an ego-bruising experience. Uh, to have done something, gotten nominated for a Tony Award for it, been lauded won a Grammy Award yeah. for, for singing the material, then to have to go back into an audition process to prove that you were the right person for the next iteration of that. 
Jesse. I, I don't wish that upon my Jesse. worst enemy. And not enemy. only that, like, I'm one of the good ones out here. Like, I'm actually really easy to work with. Yeah. Like, I'm not some diva yeah. to be like, oh, should we hire her? Because right. she might give us issues. Right. Like, no. Nah. Don't you get so mad because I'm the same way? Yeah, yeah. You're like, but you'd be so lucky to you have me on be, set. Right. I'm a joy to be around. That's right. I make banana pudding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the best. So, yeah, that was tricky for me. Definitely. Six months. Six months, man. Um, Take me back to the first time that they, they said they want to see you and like what you went, what you went through, knowing that that was a possibility, but you were gonna have to maybe re- reprove yourself. Yeah. So they were shopping names around, and I had a relationship and still do have a great relationship with Scott Sanders, mm-hmm. and he had also produced um, both Broadway shows. Right. So I was low key trying to text him, being like, "Hey, I heard this is happening." But he wasn't giving me no back, nothing back. He was yeah. just kind of like, that's great. We'll call you when we're ready. And so I waited around, just hearing the buzz from the industry that they're starting to cast. So my agent, Shauna Perlman, um, just really stayed on them. And then Bernie Telsey, who's a great casting director, um, was just in my corner. So they got me the audition with Blitz, the director. Yes. Ended up um, meeting with him on Zoom. And spoke with him for about an hour, hour and a half about the character, which I was super excited about. Normally, <laughs> that's where I get the job. Yeah. Just sit me down with the director. Yeah. I promise you I'm going to get the job. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. let me tell you, if you <laughs> out there casting, casting and doing the little audition thing ain't my best strong suit. <laughs> put me in front of the director. <laughs> put a camera in front of me. I've got you, right? Because everybody's not yeah. that great at it. So. Yeah. We sat and talked for an hour and a half about the character, about his vision, and I was, like, excited about it. And then they were like, we want you to put yourself on tape singing Hell No. And I'm like... There's literally a Grammy-nominated... A Grammy-winning album yes. in which you sing that song. There is a <laughs> Grammy Award in my home for singing that. that and song, not only yeah. that, any little thing. Like, we, we, I did more than just Hell No in that yes, album, yes. right? Uh, and so I, I just said, you know what? This thing is bigger than me. So get out your way, Danielle. Do what you need to do to tell this story to get this job. Like, get rid of ego. It's not that deep, sis. You want it or you don't. And I wanted it. Yeah. So I put myself on tape singing Hell No. <sighs> Just think That's about it. That's got to be wild because it's yeah. almost like going backwards in the process, too. Yeah, it was. It was. It felt like going backwards in the process. So then I was shooting um, Peacemaker at one point. And talking to James Gunn, our director slash creator, and I was telling him, like, I really want this job. I don't know what to do. I think I had heard. I don't know if this is true, but I think Jessica Chastain had wrote a, written a letter to a director at one point. Somebody wrote a letter yeah, yeah, yeah. to a director. And I hit up J- James Gunn. I said, James, should I write Blitz a letter telling him how much I want to do this? Because at that time, I was really starting to hear specific names coming out to play Sophia. So I was starting to feel the pressure. And so I send the letter to Blitz. I ain't hear nothing back, but that's okay because he was going through his process. And then they had me do a chemistry read with Corey Hawkins. Who you knew from Juilliard, right? Jesse. We were in the same class. We have known each other since I was 17 and he was 18. That's crazy. We are best friends. We went to Juilliard together. 
I don't know how much more I got to show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I did a chemistry read with Corey. Mind you, Corey's already got the job, and I love him. He's my best friend. Oh, he already he had the ain't job. auditioned for nothing because he came off In the Heights. So he'd already proven himself with In the Heights. On film. Even though I already proved myself too, but whatever. Right, 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 right. <laughs> count right. your blessings, count your blessings. Uh, and so we did a chemistry improv. It was like, like how this bread got butter and it's just melting easy. <laughs> yeah. It was that easy. Yeah. Like spreading butter on them toast. <laughs> and um, back but can I ask a question? At this yeah, point, yeah. had you met anyone in person or was it all over Zoom? This is all over Zoom. Just an interesting thing. That's, yeah. like, that's the time we're in. Okay. That's the time we're yeah, living yeah, yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so they, they, they call me back and I'm thinking, this same day, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're calling me to give me the job. They're calling me to get a job. This is great. Yeah. No, they call me to be like, can you just do this one side over so it comes off a little more younger? I was like, oh my gosh, yes, sure, sure. So I do that. And then September, I want to say it was a day or two after my birthday, because it felt like the best birthday gift ever. They tell me, my team tells me, Danielle, the director of Blitz, wants to sit down with you one more time for a Zoom to make sure, you know, he's making the best decision. And at this point, Jesse, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Six months. Yeah. I'm over it. So I get on a little Zoom, and assistant comes up. And he's having small talk with me. He's like, how's the audition process going? I'm thinking to myself, I don't want no small talk with you, <laughs> but I'm going to walk with grace. Yeah. So instead of hitting that button that says mute yeah. and taking off my face, I said, I'm going to keep it on because I really wanted to be like, can you just call me when he ready? Yeah. But I said, I'm going to stay on. I stayed on the phone and all of a sudden, boom, Oprah Winfrey pops up on the screen. <laughs> And you know that you're going to tell you didn't get part. And she called and she said, Danielle. And I go, yes. In the highest pitch voice, crying. I couldn't do nothing but hold my chest. She's like, Sophia's a pretty name, isn't it? I said, yes, it is. A name. <laughs> yeah. And I knew in that yeah. moment that I had gotten the job. And I also knew in that moment my life was about to change. Yeah. And it has changed. It has changed. Anyway, that's the that's the story. It's a very unique thing that you had to do in, in the fact that you were recreating something that had been discovered, not only by you, but by Oprah Winfrey. And like figuring out how to bring not only Danielle's version of, of Sophia, but also Danielle's version of Sophia that wasn't the, 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 the version that you just did. Yeah, yeah. How many years before was uh, the, Almost 10, but it's like 10, eight, yeah. eight, something around there. Right, right. Because we finished in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. I sort of did the same thing with Take Me Out. Yeah. When, you know, I, I had to follow Dennis O'Hara's footsteps, and he won a Tony Award for his performance of it. And it, but it is, I, I felt very intimidated to like figure out how to carve my own path with this character because there are going to be people who only remember mm -hmm. Oprah's version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you're... I think that's where I live, though. Like, that's my happy place. Like, I've done a lot of, a few, I can't say a lot, but like even with the piano lesson, like, mm -hmm. that was done by Apetha Murkison and having to make that my own, like... Even when you think of things like Shakespeare, you've seen right. other Beatrices. But for me, I'm like, shit, let me make my own Beatrice. Let me make yeah. my own Bernice. I'm going to make my own Sophia. Like, 
that is fun for me, even though I'm like ready to really originate some more yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I always start with what's on the page. Like I enjoy going in and out of like every line, every word, every period, like just getting so specific. Like people ask me like, how did you come up with respect? You know, when I'm going in to talk to Mr. And I just got that because when I talk to my husband and I'm trying to get him to be, listen to me, I artic over-articulate my words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just going <laughs> to over-articulate in this moment. And, I, and it's just live, like, read, to me, the Bible, like, is Color Purple, Alice Walker's words. And I lean into what people say about Sophia. Yeah. And so even in that scene when I'm meeting... Uh, the owner of the the man's parlor or whatever you want to call it, meeting Mr. Mm -hmm. for the first time, and he says, can you read the sign? Then I read the sign. Of course I'm going to pop him on the chest because yeah, Sophia yeah. is that person. Yeah, she just, like, yeah. you know, is very bold. Just uh, thinking about how Sophia speaks and how she's like a horn, like, all oh, my life, ah, oh, you know, she's coming. You know what I mean? But then, like, getting to live in the quiet moments. But to your point, I did still want to hold on to the essence of what Miss Oprah did in that dinner scene, watching YouTube clips and hearing that she improved that um, bit uh, uh, when she talks to Celie and thanks Celie for being there. Aww. And the just Miss O improvised that because Steven Spielberg said, what would Sophia say? Oh, wow. So I was like, man, I got to just honor her through my work in this moment. Yeah. Like, how can I make people feel how she made me feel? I love that you're saying that because for me, watching that scene and knowing the original movie, that's when I was like, oh, Danielle has taken this really into her own hands and is offering a completely different version. So it's interesting that you pointed out that very moment is one that you are honoring Oprah when I felt like that was... Yes, you were, but like you were also offering something completely different. Thank you. And so um, authentically, you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, see, that I feel like is... that stuff, uh, uh, that's a collection of that, but also a collection of playing Sophia on Broadway for a year because that is rare. A lot of people yeah. don't get that opportunity. No. When you're on Broadway, as you know, the audience going to tell you right away what's working and what's that's not right. working. So that's actually something that, that at least that you know, um, laugh into the cry, I found while playing her on Broadway. The audience told me when it was working and how, just how to craft that moment to land. Mm -hmm. And it's been so trippy because you watch it with an audience and you hear people laughing with Sophia coming out of her pain and, and you know, finding herself again and, and going through this rebirth. But then immediately everyone gets quiet when she goes into, you know, her pain, like yeah. of, of what's, what she's experienced or her, or her thankfulness, rather, to Celie. Um, and I, to be honest, just I didn't know I had it like that. I was like, okay, girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Go yeah, back yeah. and I'm like, like you are a, a craftswoman, Danielle. You do know how to create a character and build and and mold a character. You got that inside of you, girl. You did actually pick something up from Juilliard. You, you know did. What I mean? like, it's really cool You're to very be in this. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. There is, I mean, like, obviously, you know, with 
piece of theater. You do it eight times a week. And, you know, Color Purple in specific. Oh, here it comes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. That tuna melt looks insane. When you're doing a piece of theater, you live that experience every night. And Sophia has quite a difficult, you go through a lot. And because I know how hard it was with Orange is the New Black and some of the stuff that you had to uh-huh. do on, on screen yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking about how much work has to go into filming just any scene in a film. You oh, know, yeah. you're getting it from different angles. You're, sometimes it takes days to film things. Yeah. How did you protect yourself through going, through specifically the scene when you're beaten yeah. and then all the stuff in jail and then the dinner scene? Like, how did you navigate coming out of that, first of all, at the end of a work day and going back to, like, you know, be a mom. Yeah. And just protecting yourself. It's it's a lot. Yeah. There were times... I mean, yes, thank you, though. It is so tough, you know, because as actors, we do give so much of ourselves, you know. And sometimes you, it can be tough to trust your director, too, because you're like, do they understand how much... The weight I'm ha- it takes right. to do this over and over again, and you just got it, and now you want me to do it another day when I know you got it in the can, and that's what happened with the dinner scene. We had gotten that taped, but because it was COVID, everyone wasn't at the table, so they got my coverage, and I thought it was pretty. I you were fine. Done. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. good. We're good. Yeah. By the way, nothing's a bigger relief than when you have a scene like that that you're you're anticipating and you know it's done and you know that you did your best. You let it go. You let it go. However. You do have to do it again another day. And I was like calling on the ancestors. I'm like, y'all, I need you to whisper in my ear every pain and, and every moment that you've had that has been heavy and weighted on you. Please come down and and give that to me so I can deliver this for all of the Sophias of the world. You do it again, you let it go, and then you realize they want to do it one more time. Yeah. Pause, just for that. (laughs) (laughs) It was tough, and at that point, I actually told Blitz, who I do love as a director, so I don't want anyone to interpret it as I don't. I told him no. I said, sir, I'm not doing this again. I know you have it. Like, I saw the dailies, you're good. And he was like, please, we just want to get um, Fantasia's shoulder, Celie's shoulder in that shot. And I'm like, are you oh, kidding no. me? And so they actually did have Miss O call me. <laughs> Miss Oprah called Ms. you. Miss Oprah called me. <gasps> or I called her, I don't remember. But I told her, I said, I can't do this. Like, this is too much. And she was like, I'm telling you, the ancestors will never leave you. You have everything that you need inside of you. And even though you know those things, it is something to be said about when Oprah Winfrey tells you that. Yeah. <laughs> because there is a just like, you want to make her proud too, or at least I wanted to really make her proud. Yeah. At the end of the day, Jesse, the type of actors we are, we know this work that we do truly is of service. Yeah. It is giving back, giving voice, letting people be seen, letting people be heard. So I'm going to do what I got to yeah. do. And I showed up again. And it took a lot of um, physical therapy for that scene with the white mob. And it had to do chiropractic sessions and stuff because I pulled my back out. 
Um, you know, it took moments with my therapist. It took, you know, just being a mom and like just getting off of myself and all of that um, to shed Sophia every day. Yeah. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, Danielle talks to me about what it was like to be famous in the span of 13 hours after Orange is a New Black dropped on Netflix and why a certain red carpet moment from those days still haunts her. Okay, be right back. Sad? Lonely? Dating life in the dumps? Want to spice things up? Well, me too. I'm Nicole Byron. I host the podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? See, listen, I have been single my whole dang life, and I can't figure out why. So on my podcast, I talk to comedians, actors, dating professionals, and even ex-lovers to discuss their dating life and figure out my own. We cover things like app dating, first date horror stories, sexcapades gone wrong. Truly, nothing is off the table. Whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, there's something fun for everyone. Subscribe and listen to Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then, I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. I was very invested in Olive Orange's New Black, mostly because... At the time, Leah Delaria, who's yes. still a very, very close friend of mine. I remember when she told me she got it. I, I probably have told the story before, but like, you know, Netflix was not a thing really. Not at all. And so I was like trying to be excited for her, but at the same time, I was like, what are you doing? Is it a web series? I don't understand what's happening. And so. That's once, what they were calling it, a web series. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one really knew. And so I started watching it to support her and kind of thinking like, oh boy, what, how am I going to lie to her? And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh my God, this show's amazing. <laughs> and I also just remember. How we met your character, Tasty, in it. It was like yep. in a shower scene. I almost didn't do it, bro. Yeah. No, I almost didn't do it because I had just come out of Juilliard, probably like a year out. It was my first TV job. And they said they wanted me to be topless. That's why I almost wow. didn't do it. Because I was like, I can't start off my career no. <laughs> as the girl who just shows her tits. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be horrible. And I'm playing an inmate, so I'm playing a stereotype of yeah. a black woman. No! I almost didn't do it. Yeah. And my mom told me not to, and my dad said, follow your heart. And I listened to my dad's advice and didn't even have to show my tits because I had just gotten, you know, asked so many questions, going back to, like, not feeling like any question is too dumb to ask. Uh-huh. I call everybody. I called Meg Simon, who's the casting director. I called Kathy Hood, who's the head of Juilliard. I was asking, like, is this going to mess up my career? He was like, girl, if you don't go take that job. And I went and took the job, and it changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> Seven seasons. Yeah. yeah. But also, I was watching some clips um, of the show, and where your character goes is remarkable. I yeah. mean, you Tasty becomes 
an activist. She becomes a, a voice for so many people. Yeah. There's some really incredibly moving scenes of you, you know, asking people to sort of rise up and, and take take back their their lives. And I I can only imagine that a lot of that is because it was you playing this part mm. and the writers were like, okay, because from what mm. I understand, she was only supposed to be in an episode or two. Mm-hmm. And I have receipts because people don't be believing stuff yeah, like that. Uh-huh. But I actually still have the breakdown of them saying recurring for two episodes. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, seven years in, you're still seven there. And your arc is incredible. If you look back yeah. to like that shower scene and then look forward yeah. to like season seven, the work that you were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that is a testament. I'm going to blow a little smoke your way, but like that is a testament to your talent. Thank you. And Thank you're, you. I mean, like, why would you not want to trust this oh, remarkable human you. being with this with this character art? Did you feel like because that show was so big and it was one of those, you know, the first binge, bingeable shows where it's like, you know, out overnight, you know, everyone can watch all 13 episodes or whatever there were. Um, what, what was was there pressure around like having such kind of hitting the ground running so fast? Hell yeah. And what was that like for Brother, you? <laughs> struggle. You talking about being a therapist yeah that's where it started because in the matter of 13 hours we had become famous yeah it took 13 hours to get through the first season and they were available just like that yeah so people sat down and binge watched our show i came out of my studio apartment in harlem on 116 in madison get on the bus and i felt a shift people were immediately that's that girl that's that girl and I'm 22 years old, 23. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to navigate. Yeah. And we damn sure weren't making enough money. Well, that was what we went experienced with Modern Family. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, Ed O'Neill and Sophia were making more money. And Ty and Julie had been working in that industry for a while. But, like, for me, who hadn't done a lot of television, and Eric Stone Street, it was his, sort of his first big thing. You know, we were thrust out into, like, the world as these, like, television stars, mm-hmm. our paychecks didn't necessarily they reflect didn't up, a honey. way that we could, like, protect ourselves right. from that. exactly. And, you know, we weren't, we couldn't afford to take cars places. I was taking the subway That's still. Right. And, like, you know, it was You don't, you can't tricky. pay for security when you really need it. You can't, you don't have the funds for taxis and yeah. drivers. And, and you, it just, you feel so vulnerable. Not only that, the pressure of being a woman and yeah. having to look like something and get your hair and makeup and your clothes right, together. Right. We was out here thugging it. Yeah. You hear me? I'll never forget going to this Eminem concert with Natasha Leon and Samira Wisely. <laughs> and Natasha had invited us. And you know Natasha been in the game. Yes. They give us badges that said celebrity. And me and Samira looked at each other like, What? We got badges that say celebrity. <laughs> Mind you, I'm rolling in with leggings that got holes in them uh, and a head wrap <laughs> on my head because my hair wasn't done. And there's still a picture to this day of me in those leggings. And I'm just like, this is horrible. On like their little red carpet yeah, that they yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So just, it was really hard to navigate in the beginning. But luckily for us, and I'm sure you might have felt this way too. We had each other. Yeah. Then people that are right alongside yeah, you that you can sure. be like, are you going through this? I'm going through yeah. this. How you feeling? I'm feeling like this. So that was really helpful. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, you know, your your 20s were sort of like, those are the years that you're supposed to make mistakes to be messy. And it's like, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, 
my mom's a minister, so there was a lot of pressure to be perfect yeah. growing up. Yeah. And so coming into this industry, I felt nervous because I was so scared to get it wrong. Yeah. And it's tough out here, you yeah. know what I mean? But now in my 30s, I'm much more sure of myself and kind of like have realized people going to have opinions about you regardless. Yeah. So just move the best way you can move and always operate out of kindness. Keep it about the work. Enjoy the work. And I always say, if you ain't having fun, you ain't doing it right. And enjoy a good meal with friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, enjoy life. Enjoy yeah. the tuna melt. It's Danielle, I adore you. You have one of those Chris musical oh. theater, straight plays, uh, television, movies now. Crazy. It's like you're you're just... You're hitting it on all cylinders. Thank I'm just so you. proud of you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can I tell this one story, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had just come out here to do, um, this was in Juilliard days. I had came up here to do Showcase, right? What year was that? This was 2011. Okay. And I had gotten a car. I think I had gotten a car. Whatever it was, it was the early, early stages of my career. Uh-huh. And I'm riding down Sunset. And who do I see on my left? You! I, I was driving next driving to you? Driving right beside me. <laughs> Are you serious? And it was my first celebrity spotting. Oh and I was like, God. oh my God, I just saw Jesse. That's And I so think funny. you waved at me. Like, you just like, hey, whatever. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God. I'll never forget that moment. If you moment. told me like, 11, 12 years later, we'd be sitting here having lunch together. That'd be crazy. I never forgot it. And then running into you later down the road. Yeah. And and there was a picture of me in a car, and I saw you walking, and we took we um, took a picture together. Yes. It yeah. just reminded me of I that, think that was when moment. You were, we were doing Color Purple. Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I was doing oh Color my Purple. God. I, um, I was once driving to set. And um, I think we were shooting in the Pacific Palisades, and the, there was construction, and so the highway had, was trying to like merge into like one lane. And there was this car that was to my right, um, that was like kind of driving funny, slow, and like jerky. And I was like, just go in front of me, like I was trying to let this person in. Finally, the person rolls down the window, and she goes, "I'm a really big fan." And I didn't really look because I was trying to like see where my car was going. And so I wave her in front, and she, as she's going in front of me, she goes, "I'm Hillary Swank." Oh my God. You know who that just happens with me? Like coming here? Yeah. Chris Rock. Chris Rock is walking down Sunset no. and I roll down the window and I'm like, hey. And he's giving me that, like, okay, sis, how you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's Danielle Brooks. And he's like, hey, <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. It's really great when you can, like, just connect with yes. people that, you know, do what we do. Yeah. And, like, just shout them out. It's awesome. But also, I have to remind myself that people always love to be told that. Other people like their work. Like yeah. I, like when I say, oh, I should probably, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't send that person a message telling, telling them that I like their show, or like I don't want to bother them. Like, do I ever like get no. disappointed when someone says that they like something I did? No, no. Yeah. yeah. So. I think that's what it is too. Like, just keep putting out that energy when you love somebody, regardless of if they say anything back. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Jesse. I'm so happy that you came on this. I know, and thank you for my meal. Next week on Dinners on Me, you know him as Crosby on Parenthood, and as one of the co-hosts of the very popular podcast Armchair Expert, it's Dax Shepard. We'll get into what it's like to interrupt President Obama. 
and how his wife Kristen Bell has inspired him to take a new tack on Instagram haters. And if you don't want to wait until next week to listen, you can download that episode right now by subscribing to Dinners on Me Plus. As a subscriber, not only do you get access to new episodes one week early, you'll also be able to listen completely ad-free. Just click Try Free at the top of the Dinners on Me show page on Apple Podcasts to start your free trial today. Dinners on Me is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and a kid named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hans Dale Shi composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Tamika Balance Kolasny and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week.